When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, welcome to a special Thursday night episode of The Loud Pedal. I am Clark Mike Griswold, alongside my co-host, The Mouth, Brian Husslinger. Get some! And Jennifer, the ghost houseman. Hello. Tonight, we have a special guest, driver of the Herlock Speed 9S, Superman, Matt Shepard. Welcome to the show, Matt. Welcome, Matt. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so let, let's start off with uh, 2020. Uh, kind of got off to, I guess, got off to a normal start with everything down in Florida, and then everything changed real quick. Uh, you finished the year with uh, 23 wins. Uh, most drivers, that's probably a career year. You, do you feel like that's a kind of a down year for for your expectations? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Compared to some of the years that we've had, uh, you know, the past few years. Um, it was definitely down. It was a strange year. Uh, we started out very, very slow. Um, finally got the monkey off our back, I think, in Louisiana there after COVID. And, you know, uh, had a decent string of runs there through the summer. And then I think we, you know, racing's funny. You go through hot streaks, you go through cold streaks. Um, you know, it was kind of an up and down season, but I feel like we ended the season very, very strong. Yeah, uh, you you seem to figure out the the tracks in Louisiana really quick. Uh, I believe you would have had the sweep in the spring, but I think you got a maybe a flat tire or something with like two to go the first race down there, and then won the ten thousand and then swept everything in the fall. So, uh, was there something different about the tracks down there that you liked compared to maybe the tracks up here, or or it's just easier to figure out? Or I would say that. Uh... You know, the surfaces down there and the tracks down there, um, they kind of compare to my favorite tracks up here. Uh, they just kind of suit my style. Uh, you know, um, kind of that central New York type of dirt where, you know, the, the tacky dirt's tacky, the slippery dirt's slippery, and uh, you really got to hunt around and find where the grip is. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Uh, so this year you made the decision to uh, make the toe down to uh, Orange County run a weekly yeah. basis. That's home. Uh, and, and, you know, Orange County hadn't been your, your best track in the past. And then Brian and I had been talking, you know, we're like, man, once Matt gets that place figured out, he's just going to just gonna dominate there. And right before COVID hit, it seemed you really had started to figure, figure the track out. Well, I think the surface change had a lot to do with it. Um you know, the place was kind of a thorn in my side for a long time. And, uh, I finally got, I finally got my first win there. I think it was, um, 
you know, the hard clay opener, it would have been not this past season, but the year before, and that was on the old surface, and I finally got a win on the old surface, and then I think I came back, um, you know, for that centennial weekend and won my first time there on the new surface, but I, I got to say, I definitely like the new surface a lot better than the old surface. Uh, it's a little more up my alley, and uh had a had a pretty good amount of success there since they switched the surfaces. Yeah, uh, when you won on the old surface, I believe that was originally from 1857 still. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. Uh, speaking of your number nine, any significance of the number nine? Um, It was my dad's number. Okay. Your dad used to race at Canadagua, correct? He did. It's kind of a funny story. He he ran uh, street stocks and then sportsmen and then modifieds at Canandaigua, and he was number nine in the street stocks and the sportsmen. He ran the very first year of sportsmen in 1987, and um, back then uh, they made you move up. He won a bunch of races the first year, like 17 races. They made him move up to modifieds. Well, when he moved up to modifieds, uh, Barefoot Bob McCready was number nine. Sir. And I believe Charlie Donk might have been number 99, so he actually switched to 999 because um, oh, wow. he didn't really have much choice. But that's kind of the throwback I did at Syracuse the last year was the 999 car. That was a throwback of one of his cars. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's kind of sucks how they make you move up because, you know, nowadays that's not feasible. Uh, you know, people just don't have the funding sometimes to do that. Yeah, I don't think they do anymore, but I guess that was the original intent of the class is, you know, if you got into it and got your feet wet and did really good, they kind of wanted you to move up, so he did. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and you ran Sportsman for, what, two years before you moved up? Yes, I did. Uh, where were your Sportsman days at? Were they at Canandaigua as well? Yeah, um, back there, we were back then we were running Canandaigua and Weed Sport Weekly, and of course, uh, we had all the specials going at Rolling Wheels. I mean, those are the three three closest tracks to my house. Um, and, uh, you know, we did follow the sportsman tour as well. Matt, you're a chassis engineer, correct? I, I'm a mechanical engineer. I guess I guess <laughs> okay. my degree okay. says that. Um, okay. I don't, I don't okay. know if I really am or not, but that's what it says. <laughs> what what made you decide to do uh to get into that that you race professionally no it was actually you know something i was kind of always interested growing up uh in growing up uh, my uncle was actually a mechanical engineer as well and he was um you know kind of a bit of a role model and i guess i kind of had it in my mind um you know when i was going through high school and getting ready to go to college i i, I was in no shape or form of professional race car driver. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I guess envision making a career out of it. I just always thought that, you know, I'd race while I could and uh, I could get a degree in engineering and hopefully get a decent job to fall back on. Uh, you got to see the new surfer, or I should say the brand new track down at uh, Bridgeport this year. What, what is your, uh, what's your take on it? It's a very cool place. Um, you know, the shape, the width, the size, very cool. Uh, it's got a few unique uh, whoop-de-doos that can uh, throw you for a little bit of a loop. Um, I guess, if anything, I just wish the surface maybe wasn't so abrasive. Uh, it's pretty brutal on tires. Um, it, it makes it hard for them and the racers. I mean, they're 
they're trying to work their butts off, trying to make sure it's not eating up tires. And, uh, you know, the, the, the racers themselves always got the tires in the back of their mind. So, you know, really cool layout, really cool track. Um, I look forward to getting, getting back there again. Yeah. You seem to, uh, seem to figure that place out pretty quick too. I mean, you were for the super dirt race. You were, you were fast. I mean, I think you pitted early for a tire, I, I think and you came back through the field and, yeah, I believe when the car broke right after you had passed Stu, I believe you were the fastest car on the track. <laughs> yeah, um, we got rolling pretty good there and uh, had a really good car, just had an unfortunate, you know, breakdown. It seemed like we had a lot of that happen this year. And, you know, you have those type of years where you you have the weird breakdowns and the flat tires and so on and so forth. It just seemed like every time we had that kind of trouble, mm-hmm. it was always when we were leading, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would, that would have been a huge win for us to come from the back and win that race. I think it was 10,000 to win. It was really the only Super Dirt Series race at the time. Um was going to gonna be a big night for us and ended up probably being about a 25th place finish. So, um, I don't know. You just have those type of years. Uh seemed like we had a lot of that this year. Um, but at the same time, we were really happy to, to finish out the, the season really strong with four straight wins. As as a fan, because most of us or some of us consider you and uh, you, Stuart, Matt Williamson is probably the best out there right now. It was as a fan watching you and Stu like going for a lead there, especially with you. I said, watch it. Now we're going to see this chess match. How was that where you're just like laying behind him? Were you thinking or waiting for him to make a little mistake to make your move for the lead? It was definitely cat and mouse. I mean, I feel like it took my car probably about three laps after a restart to really get rolling. Um, But I knew I had a better car than he did, and he was kind of running that high groove in one and two, and I started showing him a nose on the bottom trying to to kind of bait him into going down there, and I think he he finally did move down to try and block me, and and I rolled right around the outside of him. you know, it doesn't always work out that way, especially with Stewie. Uh, he's as yeah. good as they get. So, um, you know, it's nice once in a while when you when you got a good enough car, you can play a little cat and mouse and uh, and and kind of bait them into something like that. So, this is a question that probably all all the fans out there want to know: what What is your relationship <laughs> with Stu? Are you guys oh like good friends? Because you guys are you guys are pretty fierce competitors. <laughs> And it's like when when you and Stu both show up at the track, I could probably say there's at least a 50% chance yeah. that yeah. one of you two is going to win the race. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people like to make our rivalry out to a lot bigger deal than it actually is. Um, <laughs> I think you got some you got some very intense, you know, Super Matt fans, and you got some very intense oh, Reason yeah. fans, and I, oh, yeah. I think they uh, oh, yeah. they make it out to more than it is. I mean, you know. Me and Stewie, we get along fine. We're not best friends, but we don't hate each other by any means. Um, we get along fine. Uh, we're just very tough competitors. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to find two guys in the pits that want to win more on any given night than than him and I do. And, um, you know, we, we give it all our all, and uh, we race each other as hard as we can. Um you know, we've rubbed wheels, we've banged wheels, oh, yeah. we've run hard, but we've, but we've never really had any major confrontations, which I think is uh, pretty remarkable for two guys <laughs> to race each other as much as we do and race each other as hard as we do. Um, 
I think there is a mutual respect there that, you know, I know he's the best there is and, and, uh, you know, he wants to win every night. And I think, you know, he feels pretty much the same way about myself. I mean, could you take him though? If you got, <laughs> if you got heated, could you, could you take him? <laughs> <Could you take 'em? laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to comment on that. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we set up a pay-per-view event and it, the winner gets to pick a charity, would you do it? <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that people would probably rather oh watch, us go, at, oh, watch us go at it on the racetrack than they would in a, in a boxing match, because I don't know if any of us, either one of us, are really qualified for that. <laughs> <laughs> we could set up a celebrity death race or something like that. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, mean, no, I think we'd put on we'd put on a much better show on the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as as a fan watching you two, like especially it's coming down, you know, it's for the win or something like that. It, it's extraordinary having two thinkers, smart smart racers, also start to lock horns. It's I I love it. It's really great to see. I don't <laughs> love it when Stu wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, always going for the nine, of course, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a cool thing nowadays. I think anybody that pays attention, you know, when there's a night when I pass Stu and win, um, everybody can see how special it is to me. And then vice versa, when there's nights where he passes me and wins, everybody can see how special it is to him. Um, You know, I think it means a lot to both of us to be able to to beat each other. But that just really says a lot about – you know, I think how good each one of us is and how, how much we respect each other. I mean, do you, do you think like, especially you two are going to be in the same race. Does it elevate your game a little, just a tad higher? I mean, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, we go everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to win. We don't, we don't, we don't right, go anywhere, right. you know, not fully prepared, but you know, when Stewie's there or even Maddie or, you know, there's a ton of guys, but especially Stewie, I mean, you know, you got to be on your A game and you can't make any mistakes and uh, they're just not going to let it slide. Um, You got to run a perfect race and give it all you got. And, uh, and that's what it's going to take to beat those guys. Did, uh, did he have choice words for you after that last Louisiana race when you threw the block on him there to win the race? I know. I mean, all he said to me was, oh, man, I'm getting closer. Uh, you know, I think he was, he was, uh, you know, kind of happy that he got rolling and, and we had a heck of a race there. I mean, at one point I think I was leading and then he got the lead and then I got back by him. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was a battle to the end. Uh, you know, I didn't really want to get jammed up in lap traffic during the last lap. And I really even never never even really saw him till the last second after I'd already gassed it up to come off a of four. And, you know, it was every, every man for himself trying to get to that start finish line for uh 20 grand. I can tell you that. Yeah. That those lap traffic there at the end definitely made that the end of that race. Interesting. Um, now 20, 2021 coming up, are your plans kind of the same going into next year, you know, running the short track super series and obviously you're going to be running the dirt car series and all that. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think so. Um, I guess with everything that's going on with COVID, uh, who knows what's going to happen? You know, who knows what the schedules are going to look like and what tracks will be running weekly and what tracks won't. Um, I guess uh, I would like to like to think my schedule is going to be the same and hopefully the Dirt Series can get rolling again in some of these tracks. But, uh, 
you know, if not, uh, you might see a schedule closer to last year where we're just going to, you know, hit as many good shows as we can and, and kind of pick and choose the shows we want to go to and we don't want to go to. And, um, you know, who really knows what we'll see. But I, I'm praying that we can, uh, you know, get back on track and get the Super Series going and get the Super Dirt Series going and get some weekly tracks going and, uh, you know, just, just get back to normal again. Go at, like Mike said, going into 2021, Orange County's going regular 358s on Saturday. Have you considered making Orange County your home track on a Saturday night, or you don't know yet? I wouldn't think so, not with a 358. Okay. Uh, I don't really have much of a 358 program, and that's a, that's a long way for me to haul yeah, to, to yeah. run a 358 on Saturday night. I mean, if they were going to do some Thursday night big block shows, I would probably, you know, throw them – in the mix and then uh you know do my friday saturday stuff i would imagine i'll probably move back to land of legends on saturday um but i don't know like like i said we got to kind of see how everything shakes out i think yep. the problem is as, as much as the racers are uncertain i feel like the tracks themselves are even more uncertain you know they're looking at another year of are we going to have fans are we not going to have fans are we going to have restrictions uh there's just so much uncertainty that uh it's tough for me being in the position of a full-time racer, but I really don't envy, you know, the promoters, the people that, that yeah. own the tracks and yeah. run the tracks and the promoters, uh, man, uh, they got to be in a tough spot. Well, you can always come down to PA again. That would be great to see a little closer to us. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy running down there. I've a lot, had a lot of success when I've been down there, but that's a long haul for me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like yeah. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have much of a, you know, small block program, you know, lined up. I got a, a little uh, bit, but not much. A second place at the Sixer this year wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't bad with a dirt legal engine. Um, you know, it was a good run, but uh, I like them longer distance races better. Uh, they kind of suit my style a little yeah. bit. Uh Grandview on a Saturday night, that might be a tough deal for me. But I don't know. I'm open to any challenges. You never know what the future might bring. Um, now, 2021, I know Deo moved his uh, Sunshine Swing to Bubba Raceway Park instead of uh, Alltech Speedway, and it's a little bit earlier in this year. So, And then now it kind of puts, I think, like a two-week gap between uh, his, his racing at Bubba and then the uh, Super Dirt Car Appalachia. So, are, if you go down for the short track super series, you're just going to take a long vacation down there and stay down there until Super Dirt runs, or are you going to come back and make the trip back down? I guess we're trying to figure all that out right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's going to happen if I'm going to stay the whole time, who's going to stay the whole time, if I'm going to have guys go back and forth. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a nightmare, really. <laughs> you know, we were looking at plane tickets, and plane tickets were really cheap. But then, you know, we don't know if we fly home. If, is New York going to make us quarantine until it's time to leave again? Or uh, right. there's just so many unknowns. It's a, uh, it's kind of a logistical nightmare. I mean, for yeah. me myself, it's not a big deal to just go down there for three weeks and 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 deal with it. But as right. far as trying to get help and crew and you know, all the all the moving parts and trucks and trailers, uh, it's definitely a logistical nightmare, and it's it's definitely something we're already thinking about. 
I would I would totally offer my help, Matt, but I wouldn't be any good to you. I would just stand there and be like, uh, yep, that's a race car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess another option would be to go down to Bubba and run and drive home and swap everything out and drive back down again. But I'm I'm yes. probably not really trying to do that either. <laughs> oh, yeah, that seems that's, like that would be real pain. rough. The only thing worse than leaving Florida to come home to New York is come home to New York and then turning around and driving back to Florida again, I think. But I, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to figure all that out. How, how long of a uh, drive is that for you? Man, I think last year we hauled ass home and made it in less than 17 hours. Nice. Holy shit. Nice. I, I was sitting on my couch before the Daytona 500 started. Oh, that's oh, wow. sweet. Yeah, that's, that's real that's, sweet. That's, that's, that's moving. <laughs> but i mean we left uh as soon as the races were over saturday night and we went non-stop uh two of us drove all the way home just alternating back and forth uh no messing around you know what i mean now when you when you come down to like georgetown and run is do you do the same thing you you leave after the race is over to, and drive back home or you you stay the night down in delaware and leave on sunday yeah well it depends on what it is but like a normal um you know, middle of the summer or even like that Del Mar show that's on like a Tuesday or Thursday night, we'll yeah. we'll drive down, race and drive home that night. Oh wow. That's a lot of driving. We usually leave between uh, you know, nine and ten in the morning and we'll get home sometime around five AM usually. And you have somebody that splits driving time with you or you is that all you? No, uh I got some crew guys and I just got my dually, so uh you know, we'll we'll swap out when need be. And and you own all of your equipment, correct? You don't drive for anybody but yourself. Um, I guess I'm the ringleader. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one that orchestrates it all. I mean, I I have you know sponsors and and um, you know plenty of people involved in my team, and uh, you know everybody contributes a different way. Um, you know, one sponsor might have a motor he lets me use. Another sponsor might have a motor he lets me use. Another sponsor might, you know, give me some money and uh, buy some tires. Uh, you know, it's pretty much um, whatever and however we can make it happen is how we do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm certainly not the type that would be like, hey, you got to give me this much money to get on the side of my car. Uh, whatever you can bring to the table and whatever works for you, if it works for all of us and it makes us all happy, then uh, then let's do it. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of Victory Lane pictures where there's about 40 people in the picture. Well, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They're, all pe- they're all people that are involved in this team and on this car in one way or another. But, you know, I'm not wealthy and I don't have any, you know, humongous – sponsors like hallmark or anything like that so it's the it's the only way i can i can make it work so i don't, I don't we'll even think any nascar team has big sponsors like halmar yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh you're probably right there <laughs> so let, let's make a deal here matt we'll give you uh we'll give you 20 bucks to stick yeah. the loud pedal loud pedal sticker on the side of your car next year <laughs> is it going to be about the size of a dime? Yeah, probably. <laughs> not, that's probably not much, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's probably a bigger. handshake and a get out of here. That's about what that yeah, covers, it's, right? It's, it's not much bigger. Uh, than that. I, I'm I'm sure we could wedge one on there somewhere. Maybe a Happy Meal. You could probably get out with our sponsorship money or something on the way home. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 it'd be, All the championships that you've won, what, which one has eluded you? Which one do you really, really want? Are the big races, any series championships, anything like that? Um, I got to say the Eastern States 200. Yeah. I finished second in it like two or three times and just kind of eluded me. And then I thought this year was going to be the, my best shot at it ever. And, uh, you know, had a freak problem with a fuel regulator and, and I, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those deals that, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of always haunted me. Um, you know, we've won the 200 at Syracuse and Oswego. We've won the small block race at Syracuse and Oswego. We've won the outlaw 200, um, you know, one in a million different racetracks, but never uh, won Mr. Dirt Track USA. Um, just, just never won the Eastern State 200. I mean, not for nothing. It, it took Dale Earnhardt like 20 years to get his first Daytona 500. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not saying it's going to take you 20 years. I'm saying, oh, like he's that close, like a flat might, tire with a quarter be, mile I, ago, you know. I might be creeping in on 20 years on this Eastern <laughs> State 200. I'm not really sure. Probably 15 at least. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, when the big money comes on the line, someone's got to do something about Williamson. It just seems like hundred grand, this much, that much. Well, at, at, uh, Port Royal, uh, Eastern States. He follows up with Eastern States. I mean, someone's got to stop him. You need to be money, super money, Matt Shepard. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly been phenomenal. Um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But he's also had a lot of things go his way too. I mean, I. I honestly feel like we had a superior car at Middletown. I mean, we were running around there five laps down and drove by Stewie and Larry and put a straightaway on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, before I pulled in, I, I think I had a very good car there. Um, Port Royal, I don't really know. I mean, uh, we actually banged wheels with, with Maddie when I was driving by him in the beginning of the second hundred and uh little, little, be known to me it, it kind of messed up the bead lock and my left rear was going flat where well i had driven by them and left them there for a while and then i started backing up like a freight train and i just i didn't realize it took 60 laps for the tire to go flat it was a slow <laughs> leaker and then, you know we changed tires and drove back up the third um obviously had fresher tires at the end but you know just just one of those weird racing deals um i i don't know if we'd have had anything for him or not he was very good um but I don't know. Um, it's it's hard saying. Uh, you know, there's two big races right there, and, and he won them both. But I certainly don't think we were out of the picture in either one of them no. either. No. Like you said, something stupid happened to you. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens. I mean, yeah. you know, you go through them years. You could say that's the same thing about Syracuse. Um I feel like I should have won that race five times and the five times I should have won it. I didn't. And, uh, one of the years I shouldn't have won it, I did win it. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's just hard to say, uh, racing's a, it's a funny deal. Sometimes, uh, you just gotta keep plugging away and hope, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the racing gods, uh, they settle the score someday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, you run outlaw every year. And you're, I would say you're pretty damn good at outlaw. Yeah, and not this, bad. Yeah, this year uh, Siri decides to put a bounty on you. Uh, how, how did that make you feel? I mean, I thought it was a cool deal. Um, 
it's one of those deals, you know, I run hard every night and try to win every night, no matter what, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't go to, I don't go to outlaw the points race. I go there to win every night. Um, so I, I guess I don't really try not to get caught up in all that nonsense. Uh, you know, when I, when I go there, I'm, I got one goal and one goal only, and that's, uh, you know, to get to the front and try and win. Um, you know, we certainly had some crazy nights. There was a couple nights I broke or crashed, and then there was nights I got flat tires and had to start last. And I don't know, I think once or twice I started last with flats and, and still made it back to the front and won at the end. So, you know, it was a kind of cool of a cool deal, uh, the, the fans. And, um, you know, a lot of people there really got into it, and uh, it definitely created a buzz. And, um you know, I I think it was a good deal for me in the end. I ended up collecting the bounty, but I also think it was a it was a good deal for Tyler and all the folks at Outlaw because they dragged some some guys in there that wouldn't yeah. have normally showed up yeah. and and definitely uh you know created a buzz around the place. Uh, getting back to the Eastern States, uh, sorry. Um, do you like the, do you like the live pit stops like as far as you have to pit between lap this and that, or do you like a two hundred lapper like broken in half? I hate the live pit stops. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, just from a from a car owner slash crew slash driver um, point of view, I mean, having to drag dry brakes out and put a dry brake in a car and radios out and try and, you know, gather up six or seven crew guys to go over the wall, you know, just for one or two races a year. Um, I just think it's a huge unnecessary expense. Um, I, I like the way Brett did Port Royal. I also believe that, I believe that at, well, I think Oswego does it somewhat the right way where they, where you can't lose a lap if you're in the pit area. Right. Um, which allows the teams to do whatever they want. I think Middletown did, does it the worst possible way, where <laughs> you have where you have to pit and you can lose a pit uh, a lap in the pit. Yes. Um, yep. I, it created a scoring nightmare this year. I wow. heard from a million different teams they got put down a lap when they were. Um, you know, I'd like to see these these races. Maybe you just have a have a window at some point during the race um, where you say you're going to do five caution laps. You're only going to count three of them, but you're not going to lose any laps in the pit. So, you know what, if a guy feels like he wants to pull in the pit area and put a set of tires on it and dump five gallons of gas in the back, you can do it just like a Saturday night. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And not, yes. not lose a lap, not, not need any of that stuff. And I feel like you could get rid of the radios too. And, and, I'm not a fan of radio racing. You know, uh, you get in that race car, it's every man for himself. Uh, you know, let let the drivers take care of business. Don't let somebody be in their ear telling them to go go harder or slow down or save tires or go high or block this guy or, or whatever. You know, when you're in the car, let the, let the best guy win. Uh, years ago, I think it was 1991, Eastern States actually didn't have any pit stops, and Frank Cozy went the whole distance in those two races. So, you, something like that would be kind of cool. 
I don't like the live pit stops either because, like you said, it becomes a scoring nightmare. And, uh, and uh, you know, us fans trying to watch, where, where was he? Did he go in this lap? No, I don't think he – yeah, it just creates, like you said, too much confusion. And I like – also, you made a good point. That it should be in the driver's hands. You know, let it – every man for himself. Let's Let it settle down there without any outside interference. Yeah, I mean, this is a NASCAR. <laughs> right, exactly. See, um, <laughs> this is dirt you don't race. see sprint cars or late models, no. you know, doing live pit stops and having radios and this and that. I mean, this is short track dirt racing. Let's let's keep it short track dirt racing. It's it's not NASCAR. Um, you know, let's not try and make it NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Or just might as well pave every track if you want to do that. Right. Now, let's, there, uh, there, let's just go all crazy. Yeah, is there yeah. Uh, any any track, any dirt tracks that you haven't been to that you would like to get to that you know maybe that don't normally hold a modified race, but you would love to see one there? God, they're all over the country. Um, <laughs> there's so many places. Uh, Knoxville. You know, Knoxville is a huge one. Uh, it's funny. Um, you know, the more coverage of like. Um, map tv does it the lucas races and yeah. you know always sitting home and watching these these races and these broadcasts and you know you watch some of these places and you're like wow that's a cool racetrack i'd like to race there wow that's a cool racetrack i mean something that popped into my head i just watched um i think i-80 the other day and they were racing all yes. over that place yes um you know the i think the clash of the mag in mississippi yep. um ice Slick, uh, they were racing all over that place. Uh, Wheatland, just, Missouri. There's a lot of, yeah, Wheatland. Um, I think I was watching the Silver Dollar Nationals. Um, just so many cool tracks all over the country. Uh, you know, I've I've kind of always envied the late model guys a little bit um, that they get to travel around to all those cool tracks. But at the same time, uh, I, I feel like I'm getting old enough where I I don't want to spend my you know. 10 months out of the year on the road either. All right. That just killed my next question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, New York's own uh, Tim McCready's done quite well in the late model uh, series. I was going to ask if you had any desire or anything in the future, you might do some uh, super late model races. I mean, if somebody wanted to let me drive one, I would certainly love to drive one again. I drove one, uh, God, almost 10 years ago. I had a ball in it. Um, I would love to drive one and run some races, uh, but, you know, it's it's not a road that I'm, you know, ready to jump down and commit to 100%. I mean, if, if somebody had a quality car and, and there was uh, some decent races going on, I would love to do it, you know what I mean? But as far as, uh, you know, heading down that path permanently or, <laughs> you know, really getting serious about it, I, I doubt it at this point. Okay. Now we talked to uh, Billy Pouch Jr. a couple couple weeks ago, and he's got a age where he's gonna just say, "Hey, I'm done. I'm gonna you know enjoy the rest of my life with family or whatever." Do you have an age where you're just like, "All right, I'm gonna call it quits now," or are you just gonna keep going until you get burnt out? I guess I I don't have an age. Um, I. I don't know. It's certainly something I don't want to do forever. <laughs> um, I I would like to stop doing it while I'm still on top or close to the top, but I, I just don't know when that's going to be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be next year or 15 years from now or, or whatever. Uh, 
you know, the future's a, a pretty tough thing to plan sometimes, especially, you know, as much as, you know, the times are changing and different stuff's going on and who knows what's going to even happen to racing or how the racing world's going to evolve or not evolve. Uh, it's just not something I want to predict. Uh, so at this time, I'm just going to keep plugging away like I have been and, uh, you know, hope I can squeeze a bunch more good years out. Mike, Michael is going to be uh, very heartbroken when you do decide to call it the career. I just want to let you know that right now. Yeah, I'm just going to stop watching racing. <laughs> yeah, he he said he's done. When Matt's done, I'm done. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to pick up the pieces, though. So, I mean, um, have you ever considered or do you see anywhere, I don't know, let's say down the road of being a car owner and part-time driver? I'm I mean, I guess I would never rule anything out. It's just right. um, at this point in my career, you know, I'm just focused on, um, you know, pedal to the metal, uh, keep everything I got going, going, uh, trying to keep the, the the wheels on the train or whatever you want to call it here and just try and keep this deal rolling the best I can. Um, that's my number one focus right now. Yeah, when you uh, when you and Jeff Strunk posted that picture, oh, or I boy. guess Jeff posted the picture. Man, the racing the racing world was buzzing. <laughs> oh I yeah, thought you're putting a car together for Jeff, and then yeah, full you know, car team. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was ridiculous. Later, <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks later, the, uh, you know, the Heinemans announced that Jeff won't be driving for him anymore. So yeah, like, oh, oh yeah, he's, he's it, driving it, for yeah. Matt next year. He's driving for Matt next year. At Shepard Motorsports in South Region with Jeff Strunk as his pilot. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm I'm quite in that good a position to start fielding cars for other guys on a full-time basis. But, um, no, it was really cool. Uh, Jeff had texted me and told me he was in the area, and I told him, well, you know, stop on over and gave him the address. And, uh, you know, it was really nice of him to stop by, and I think we, we chit-chatted for a few hours and had a, had a really nice night, you know, and really appreciate him stopping by. All right, I got uh, I got one more question before we wrap this up tonight. When are you going to have some new merchandise available? Because oh, my did. wife was going to buy me a new Matt Shepard hoodie for Christmas, and there's nothing online. <laughs> yeah, um, everything's pretty much sold out. I got a little bit of stuff left. Uh, if you get a hold of me, uh, I don't know if you got the newest stuff or not, but it's probably not going to be till next year till we get anything fresh. Uh, it's a it's another full time job, uh, you know, okay. trying to keep up with that stuff too. Yeah, oh, should... the dirt the dirt track lives matter shirts were absolutely they're hot, especially the black one. I have the box set now. Those are anything. I hope hopefully you come out with something cool like that again. Those are really really great shirts. Yeah, they were a great idea, uh, mm-hmm. kind of fitting for the time. Yep. Um, you know, it's always cool when you can come out with something a little unique and a little bit different. Um, it's definitely challenging. Uh, you know, I give ASI a lot of a lot of props and my wife a lot of props. Um, you know, it, it is hard to try and keep coming up with fresh shirt designs. I mean, when you first get in this business and they come out with your first, you know, five or six shirts, uh, you're you're loving them. You know, you're like, oh, they're knocking it out of the park, but. You know, when you're 30, 40, 50 designs deep, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough to tough to come up with some original stuff. I mean, they do, but, you know, you sit back and you're like, didn't we have something like that a couple of years ago? And it's just a, it's a, it's another hard racket. I mean, how do you come up with, uh, you know, two, three, four 
fresh designs every year, year in and year out. Um, it's certainly hard. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, I'll shoot you a message later, see what you got left. I was, uh, yeah, of course I'll, you are. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely buy some if you have it in my uh, fat kid size. <laughs> we got right. plenty of those, right? Yeah, 4XL, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah I am not a 4X. Yeah, we, we, got some, we got some big stuff left. <laughs> there you go, Mike, right yeah, up your alley. I'm, Maybe he'll make you a box set offer or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm a 2X asshole. Yeah. I'm a 4X. Yeah. You just keep, you keep lying. Hey, we can lie. To, let's not lie to each other, all right? Stop. <laughs> but, uh. All seriousness, Matt, we appreciate you coming on tonight. We enjoyed uh, enjoyed your company, and we wish you the best the next uh, best of best of luck the next year going forward. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yep. thank you, Matt. All right, take care. See. I think he's off. I think. All right, everybody. That was Superman, Matt Shepard. Um. Yeah, pretty cool, dude. You get another perspective how laid back and cool he is, even though he stumbled a big dime. But that's all, guy. I, I, you know. Why didn't you, why didn't you say something to him? Uh, it was flowing too. Good. I had other, I had like a six million dollar question besides him snubbing yeah. me. Yeah, no. Hopefully, hopefully this pod, this episode really uh, puts into perspective how laid back and cool the guy is because he's everyone cool. keeps saying, yeah, everyone keeps yeah, saying he's, he's an a asshole. Stump. Yeah, well, he's not. I mean, sometimes they are. I mean, you know, he's concentrating, folks. I got to get my car ready. Yeah, this he's the race, a, blah blah blah. I feel like if you if you want to talk to Matt at the track, you have to get there early. Before, before maybe after, before depending after. on his night. Well, depending on where he finished. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I say, depending on his night. But hey, some guys are real cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was super cool. I enjoyed that. Great flow and show. I mean, you know, you start uh, start with Kenny Brightbill and end a week with Matt Shepard. He doesn't get any better than that. Well, next week we have another two two big shows. Danny Johnson. That should be fun. And um, Kid Rocket, Alex Yankowski, and Thursday to wrap up uh, our guests for the year. Yeah. Unless Jennifer or somebody comes up with something else between then. Who cares? No. <laughs> now we're uh, we're working on guests for next year now. Yep, January yeah. is booked. January's Jan- booked already, January's folks. January's booked already, folks. See so that? Reserve your reserva- uh, yeah, reserve your reservations <laughs> for $100 a second care of la- the loud pedal at pbrjosh.com. Speaking of a stalker, he's been quiet lately. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is. He's he's heartbroken. He doesn't, you know, I I don't know. Trunk doesn't have a ride yet. He's nervous. He's not going to be able to see Uh, Trunk uh, race uh, next year. uh, I got a feeling Jeff's going to get a ride. I got a really good feeling he's got a ride. I got a pretty good feeling about that, too. Zoomy, what? (laughs) Something say Zoomy. Who's got the Zoomies? Every kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every kid. I mean, great show with the Superman. That, that was just yeah, a great show. It was a great show. I uh, and I had yeah, a feeling I, that Bob McCready nine was somewhere incorporated, like down the road in there somewhere with his father or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I I wouldn't even I couldn't even imagine like the logistical nightmare he's having right now with the whole oh, Florida dude. thing. Because I was looking at that schedule earlier. It's like, oh my god. I was like, I understand why Brett moved <clears throat> his show up because like uh, I think it's like Super Bowl and shit's going on down there. Yeah. So but now it's like, right. yeah, now it kind of screws the drivers because there's a literally a two week gap between his races and the uh, Dirt Nationals at Volusia to where before they were back to back. So you like race Saturday night with Brett and then Tuesday night you're racing in Volusia with Super Dirt Car. Now, the Dale, does that start any points, or is that just uh, just like a winter national kind of just race? Yeah, it's just a winter national type thing. I mean, it, it, sunshine swing is what he calls it. 
if, if, if worst case scenario for some of the teams who want Dubolt Dale and, you know, the, uh, dirt car. the dirt car series there, you could pick B choosy, pick one over the other. If it's going to save you, they might have to, who knows? Well, so I, I don't know, dude. I mean, cause you got two different cars with two different rules. I I'd say get a double stacker, but if you wreck one, what, <laughs> yeah, what are you, you, you going to do? <laughs> That makes it tougher, Matt, too. I think because I don't think he, he runs. A, I don't think he runs a big block in the Deo shows. I think he runs like a big small block. Right, like a, something like like an like outlaw, outlaw. Yeah, like uh, what he runs at um, what do you call it? Outlaw Speedway. Yeah, so he can't run that though. When so he's no. got to he's got to take two motors down. And then and then get the body to dirt regulations too. Yeah, because Deo body rules are different than right. So we get that's that's why. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, he made it work last year, so I guess it's really not that big. He finds of a deal. He, like he finds a way. He finds yeah. a way. Um, and, hey, it was great to see that they're not going to fight or have a him and Stu aren't going to fight or uh, do a celebrity death race or anything like that. No, no. I, we'd think wipe he, up. I, I swear to God, if we put it presented by the lab, but we'd wipe up on the pay per view. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, There's mutual respect. Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. They they're not best of friends, but they don't hate right. each other. Right. Right. I mean, we'll rate. Well, hey, he's even admitted we we banged wheels, and they have, and we've seen it. Okay, it's but they don't to, try to take each other out. No, no, it's just, uh, we're going for the win, coming down the line for an X amount of money. You want to talk about two guys who really run hard? I'm not saying nobody else does, but these two are. I'm sorry, they're on a different level. Yeah, these these two, like you said, these two show up, and it's the Matt and Stu show. And Les Williamson's there because you can never count him out either. And no. even even Shepard said, you know, hey. <laughs> He beat, he beat hey I'm sorry he he beat Shepard for the title last year. He did that he did. So I mean, he came on he came on the other one felt it was that was great but but Shepard has the, handily the, beat Stewart on on the series. Oh easily. I, yeah it was like it was a runaway. Friesen like like you and I have talked many times Friesen struggles against awesome. the super dirt car. Yes he does. Maybe he struggles. He, yes he does. But yet he can go to Orange County, which is dirt sanctioned, bring a dirt sanctioned type car, rules and that, and do he does quite well. So I don't I don't know. I don't yeah I don't know what it is. I just he just struggles against the Super Dirt Car Series for whatever reason. Not saying he doesn't have the talent, but if he's in there, it's like I, I'm I would pick a normal series guy over him to win, like a Shepherd, a Rudolph, a Phelps, Williams. Mahaney, Williamson, uh, Mahaney's going to get White, his. Larry White. Larry, yeah, absolutely. Larry, Tim, if Tim Fuller's in there, you never count him out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm sorry, but now when it comes down to Dale, like you said, probably 50%, you know, we're going to pick either Matt or Stu. Yeah, yeah, I, yep. Unless it's the Georgetown, and then, you know, you're going to throw in Billy Jr. Labak is the... Hey, he could run. He can run with anybody, and he's done it. But you, usually, like you know, like you you stated before, it, you're picking either Matt or Stu. Yeah, absolutely. Even even Georgetown. I mean, uh, Stu's really good at Georgetown. Yeah. Matt's Matt's been fast there, and that's yeah. another track that's been a thorn in his side. And he finally finally got that thorn out in one race there this year. So uh, it's like his Eastern states. He's going to get it. Yeah, just just give him time. He'll get it. Yeah, like I didn't. Well, I, I, I had to bring up the Dale Earnhardt thing because it took Dale Earnhardt was probably the most successful driver at Daytona International Speedway. Won everything but the five hundred. But the five hundred, and it took him twenty years to do it. <laughs> Not saying it's gonna take Matt twenty years total, but well, he says it's probably close. 
Yeah, yeah. I you know once you get your first, it took Stu a long time. But Matt could Matt could retire right now and be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, easily with his numbers and that short period of time, hands down. Hands down. There, there's not even there's not even a dispute about. Well, somebody will try to argue. Well, there's gonna be well, people who argue because they don't like them. Like guys, the there's, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of drivers I don't like, but but goddamn, I got to see him racing. They're some of the best. I agree. Right, Jennifer? Yeah, there you go. Glad you put it to this combo. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know who should we get on the show? We should get on the show. Scott Bloomquist. Oh, that would be that would be different. All right, Jennifer, write it down. Who? Scott Bloomquist. Do you don't even know who it is. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what you said at first. Guys, a USAC car. Who <laughs> does not? Yeah, that sportsman driver from uh, you know, upstate. No. He's from Canada. Okay. Yeah, upstate, no. Can- upstate Canada. Upstate Canada. Up up near the glaciers. Yeah, on the Niagara Falls side. Yeah, but he's another one that people like or he don't like. They hate. Yeah. He's one of the best. <laughs> That's him right there. <laughs> That's Scott Bunkus right there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, he hangs up there with the polar bears. <laughs> you know, like that polar bear that just walked by you. Yeah. Uh, That's a polar bear, still, all right. Are we still, like, recording and stuff? Uh, like, yeah, Beavis. Uh, <laughs> like, you're point that out. Uh, you're like kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. We, we, we possibly start the indoor series, which I don't see. Um, I don't think it's... the indoor series is going to happen. Uh, the the motorsport oh. show's already been canceled. <sighs> Motorama. So I don't I don't think we're getting indoor racing this year, unfortunately. Uh, be quiet. And I know that's why uh, Kale Ross has decided to take his car down to Florida this this winter. There's no indoor racing, so maybe uh, maybe the, maybe Dale is going to pull some big car counts because of that. Which one of them guys getting the first tattoo of uh, the loud pedal? Probably Mike. So, all right, everyone. <laughs> we will uh, wrap this up tonight. Special Thursday night episode. I am Michael Clark Griswold, alongside of the Mal, Brian Hustlinger, and the ghost, Jennifer. <laughs> we are signing off, and you have been Black Black. Shut the f*** up!